0: Okay, so we are recording on Tuesday, June 2nd at a little before noon East Coast time. And I think that's relevant because for some amount of this show, possibly the entirety of the show, uh, Mike and I are going to be talking about the really unprecedented things that are happening in the United States of America right now. And if that's not for you, um, that's totally fine. Uh, we will definitely have chapters in this episode, and it may be that there's just one long chapter. I don't know. We'll see how this goes. But uh, if you don't want to hear about this sort of thing, that's understandable.
1: I will just say as a point of order, though, you should listen to it. I agree. I agree. you got to think to yourself about why you might not want to hear this. And if it's just because the idea of this type of stuff just makes you uncomfortable, maybe you should listen anyway. Um mm-hmm because the uncomfortability may be shielding you from understanding. Cuz that's what I'll add. I think it's good to point it out in case like you're not in the right mental frame of mind today to to hear this, but it might still be worth coming back to it another time. Um you know, you might want to understand why don't I want to hear about protests and police brutality? Like why don't I want to hear two people talking about that? Um, And and that might be be important. But the reason we're saying all of this is because, you know, this episode won't come out until Sunday the 7th, and we have no idea where anything will be by that point. That's your very muddied content warning, I guess.
0: (laughs) Indeed. And it's also probably worth disclaiming and noting up front that we're two extremely privileged white dudes who are talking about things that really don't directly affect does question mark? Maybe maybe we no, can it does, explore that. And but it should. See, and that's, that's the thing. point. <laughs> I was going to say that we, expo- we, should, we should explore that more. But um but I do want to I do want to note and not lose sight of the fact that the issues at hand in, in America right now seem appear to me to be, and, and I will try to stop caveating everything I say henceforth, but it seems like everything is about how unbelievably poorly black people are treated in America, particularly by the police officers in America. And I am not a black man, and so I have not had this lived experience, and I'm very lucky for it. But I think it's important for Mike, for me, for the listeners, for everyone to explore what privilege it is that we do have, what we can do with that privilege, if anything and and more than anything else, listen to those who are living this and learning from them and tr- seeing how we can apply it to our own lives but this is two white dudes fumbling about on a subject that isn't directly about us, but I echo what you say, Mike, is also very much directly about us. So so yeah, so I think that hopefully will be the end of the disclaimers. Mike, if you have anything to add, please do. And then we're just going to go, and we're just going to plow forward and I'm going to try not to hedge. Mike will try not to hedge. And we're just going to try to just talk and, and see where this ends up.
1: Yeah, because I have things to say. And so basically like I've been spending a lot of time these past few days doing a couple of things. One of them is consuming far too much media, um, <laughs> like social media, news media, because I've found myself getting very attached to this in the same way that I've been attached to coronavirus news. Although of course now like my brain can only think about so many things. Like I'm not even really thinking about coronavirus at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's the thing we'll come back to. But you know, I feel like I've had an understanding of some level of understanding of the of racial equality in general, right? I think anybody that is modern can see it. And we we'll might talk about this later on. But a similar, th- something kind of similar happened here about ten years ago to what's happening. It, it honestly, like at this point, it was a very small compared to what is happening in in America right now but it's like came from a similar place but the other thing that i have been thinking about is what can i actually do right like what can i really do and i've i've come to some decisions on that that i want to talk about throughout this episode like so one thing is and today on tuesday june 2nd a lot of it started with the music industry and has permeated out. It's the idea of, of blackout. And then there's this, there's been a, like, a whole thing about like using the wrong hashtags or the right hashtags and all that kind of stuff, and it's become messy. But I was thinking to myself, well, if the perceived idea is that everyone should be quiet today for, for whatever reason, then should we be recording the show live? <laughs> and I yep. thought to myself, maybe it's actually better... For me to say something than say nothing. And this is kind of where I have been in general over the last few days, where, you know, like I don't tweet very much anymore um, about random stuff or about world events. I haven't for a long time because it just drains me, right? Because you say something and then you will spend a bunch of time arguing your point. So I'm much more considered about things that I share on social media where there can be a dialogue. I don't yet have Twitter's new thing where I can stop people talking to me. Uh, I don't have that. (laughs) Um, So, you know, over the weekend I was thinking like, oh, this is really bad. And I kept opening and closing the tweet dialogue. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say how I feel, right? And, and I just kind of stated that the things that I th- feel aren't right. The fact that this needs to happen at all, the fact that this is happening during a pandemic, so people are having to protest and put their lives at even further risk, but also that there shouldn't be a systemic racism in the world. Like we should just all not be dealing with that. And similarly, you know, like I, I wanted to start off yesterday's upgrade with a message as well. And kind of the route that I have come to with this is I feel like the majority of people in the world believe that racism shouldn't happen. Like, that's my belief, right? I think it's partly because I can't imagine it not being the case, right? Like, it's too upsetting (laughs) to me to think about that. But I think that... What I have the opportunity to do as somebody who has an audience is to actually make that claim that, like, I do, I believe this is wrong. These are the reasons I feel it's wrong. And I'm adding my voice here to try and help turn the tide of what the majority of people believe. That, like, if you don't believe in racism, if you believe in inclusion and equality, now you should be saying that. To shine a light on the fact that we believe a fundamental truth is that we should be inclusive of people. So, if you say that enough, when you see the things that are happening, when you see police cars driving into people, when you see these. What I'm assuming are police, but look like some kind of secret service militia running around or dressed in black with assault rifles, pushing people over. So when you see these things, you should be able to say, you know what? That is wrong, right? Like that should not be happening because we believe that that should not be the case. We believe that people should not be treated this way because of the color of their skin. They should not have to be in these protests. They should not have to be in them. So I feel like if I add these thoughts into the world, I am doing something with what I have. What I have is people to talk to that will listen to me. Whether they believe in what I'm saying or not, they can still listen to me, right? They're hearing what I'm saying. So I get to do that. That is my opening statement.
0: I I completely agree. I was having the exact same thought, which is funny because neither of us said it to the other, but I was having the exact exact same thought this morning. You know, should we record today? Is is that a poor choice? And and maybe, I don't know. But what I keep coming back to is the things that I feel like I can most contribute, like you said, Mike, are being another person banging this drum and being another person saying, this is up. This is wrong. And it's not okay. And if you think it's okay, you need to reevaluate your position because this is not okay. And I was about to say, I've been struggling about making this about me as I'm starting the sentence about making this about me. But, you know, something I've been thinking about a lot is I am trying so desperately to learn about the lived experiences of the, of the black people in my life. And, and I've been trying so desperately to learn more about what I can do to help them and, and to help people of color in general. And all too often, like I was talking to a very, very dear friend of mine. Um, he, he and I grew up together. We went to high school together um he now lives in Wales actually and mike you may remember mm. that um when we arrived in heathrow his family actually mm-hmm. drove from Wales to heathrow to pick us up yep. and bring us to shoot i forget the name of it but one of those like um like royal or government owned like um parks there was a certain name for it like a historic park it ultimately doesn't matter but anyway the point is my my friend he drove something like 2 hours from wherever he is in Wales to heathrow to pick us up even though he didn't have to he and his wife and kid and they took us to a little park and we hung out for a couple hours. And he did that because this was about the only chance I've had to see him since he got married and actually coincidentally today in 2012. So happy anniversary to you guys. You know who you are. Um, but anyways, he he's a very dear friend of mine. He's a black man. His wife is, is white. Um, she is of Greek descent, but was brought up in Wales. And I've been talking to him and I've been talking to to this person. I don't want to say his name just in case he's not comfortable with it, but I was talking to this this person, my friend, and and we'll call him Sam. Uh, I was talking to Sam and I was talking to him about it and it occurred to me as I'm talking to him, like I'm accidentally making it all about me. And I really honestly wasn't trying to. I was reaching out specifically to say, like, are you okay? But I kept talking about like how, how it was affecting me and what it was doing to me, and then I felt like a piece of garbage, because that wasn't what I was intending to do, but it's what I was doing. And this entire show is about the two of us, and I understand the hypocrisy and the ridiculousness of saying, well, well we shouldn't make it about me, as the two of us are talking about me and us, but I, I think it's something that I've been thinking a lot about, and it's something that I've been wondering, and I, I come back to, and I think we've discussed it on the show that thing about the circles when something traumatic is happening. And if you're at the center of the trauma, you're in the center of the circle. And I forget exactly how the article goes. We'll see if we can dig it out. But it's something along the lines of comfort goes in and bull crap goes out. So if you're in the center, you get to complain and moan to anyone. And then if you're one ring from the center, you can complain to anyone except the person or persons in the center of the, of the circle. Right. Mm. And I keep thinking about that because I'm leaning very unfairly on the black people in my life to help me get better at this, but that Mm. shouldn't be their responsibility. It's my responsibility. And I'm trying really, really, really hard not to continue to make it about me. And I think I'm failing pretty miserably if I'm really honest.
1: I mean, this is the most we can do though. Right. And I feel like, part of the beginning of change is understanding. So if you are now understanding kind of you, the way that you react in these situations, you're understanding that there maybe should be things that you did differently. It will help you start to make change that you want to make. Yeah. I try to be understanding to points of view where possible. You know, like there have been many times on this show that we have tackled some tough stuff, right? Like, Because this show is about, again, how we are feeling, how things are affecting us, so we talk about them. You know, like we've had elections we didn't like, there's been mass shootings that we won't be addressed, and there's been all kinds of political things. And, you know, I mean, just in the last couple of months, right, dealing with a global pandemic. And so we're always talking about these types of things, and I feel like I try... As much as I can to understand that there are differing views, like your differing viewpoints on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't always agree with them, but I know that they're there, right? So, like a good example is gun ownership. I don't think anybody should be allowed a gun, right? No one. I don't think anybody should be allowed a gun. I think that they lead to harm and everybody's, the world would be better without guns. But I know that there are a lot of people who disagree with me for various reasons. And I feel like I am logical enough to understand and accept that there will be different points of view, right? Like right. It, it was there there will be people that have different points of view to me and that's that, right? I don't have any acceptance for differing points of view on racial inequality and police police brutality. Like I just don't the things that I have seen and when I'm talking right so like I understand that like Police need to use force. They are a police force, which is like a terrible name, really. But, like, I get it, right? That, like, to protect people, there has to be sometimes things that, you know, are going to hurt people. But it seems like that there is an excessive use of force towards certain people in the world, mostly dependent on the color of their skin. And I can't accept that as a trend that is acceptable and, and I can't accept anybody that tries to say that it's okay. Right. Like I can't, like, I just can't accept that. Like the things that you've seen, the video, right. The, 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 the George Floyd video It's like, it was too, it was too much. Right. Yeah. It was too much. And I can't, I can't accept that anybody could watch that video And say no, that was, that was okay, that was needed, (laughs) Right. right? Like I can't imagine it's like I want, I cannot accept differing viewpoints on these issues, right? Now, like we can go further down the line, and I know there's argument, right? Like protests, I agree with riots. We start to get into some wavy lines here right because there's like is it okay is it harming people but then it's like well who's actually doing it is it the same people that's protesting seems like in a lot of cases no it's not right so like that's where you start to get into muddy water and i accept that but the base level of why this is happening there's only one acceptable point of view if you do not believe that people should be equal or also if you do not believe that this is an issue in the world with police brutality to non-white people, I'm afraid you're wrong. <laughs> time and time again, it's happened. The evidence is there. And the thing the thing is, like even if you think it's not happening, you must agree that it's wrong if it does. Right? Like, I cannot understand that there can be different points of view on this topic. If it's how you were brought up, like, if you're arguing with me because of how you were brought up, get some agency in your life look around and change your mind. Yep. Right? Could not agree more. Like, the the, the racism is systemic. This is a phrase that we keep running. systemic racism. And basically what that means is, right, if I am understanding it correctly, it is part of just the understanding of certain types of people. Typically, like, how they're brought up, the culture that they were in, the the mechanisms which have affected their lives and like we talk about systemic racism in a police force like the people around you right if that's true if that's happening the people around you are influencing you but my argument is if you do not see this happening pay attention pay attention there is there is problems with Just paying attention to social media because I've been seeing videos that I was like, oh, that looks terrible. And then it turns out that it wasn't true, right? Like, you know, the problem with social media is there's too much input and there's there's not enough like level input, right? But even if you pay attention to what's shown on the news, right? So if you imagine that there's some kind of filter being applied to this, you can see it's wrong. I, I'm all over the place today. I apologize.
0: So am I. I, I have no. I have no concrete, th- uh, you know, thread to to weave all this together. And and I think both of us are just kind of stream of consciousness right now. Um, it's been a really, it's been a really tough thing for all of us, but for me to see, because I like to think of the area in which I live as relatively progressive. Um, Richmond is a very mixed bag. Like on paper it seems like it's a deeply troubled, deeply racist area. I mean, Richmond was the capital of the Confederacy. Um there's a road that runs through Richmond called Monument Avenue, and it's called Monument Avenue because of monuments of Confederate generals and and people that were important to the Confederacy. And for years now there's been a lot of calls and and calls of increasing volume to get rid of those monuments or replace them. But um But nevertheless, it's a relatively liberal city. I mean, it's not a huge city, but it's relatively liberal. And there's a lot of transplants here. And it's, I I don't feel like it's, or it doesn't appear to me as a white guy to be that particularly racist in an area. And then I'm reminded of the fact that we were the capital of the Confederacy. I'm reminded of the Robert E. Lee statue on Monument Avenue. I'm reminded of the museum, the daughters of the Confederacy museum. I'm reminded of all of these things all around me that I have the privilege and luxury of not having to think about all the time. I'm reminded about one of my favorite fall activities is a thing called Field Day of the Past, which is kind of like a state fair. So, you know, there's just a bunch of activities and things to do. But one of the very uncomfortable things um, about the Field Day of the Past, which won't mean anything to you if you don't live in Richmond, but think of like a state fair. But unlike the state fair, there's a lot of people that are handing out and wearing Confederate flag stickers. Oh, dear. And as a white guy, I can be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> idiots, whatever. I'll just move along. But that's really not right. Like, that's not okay.
1: Because those people are saying, if you're black, you can't be here. You can't come and enjoy this day in the town.
0: Right. That's right? not okay. That's just not yeah. okay. And I think a year ago, a month ago, maybe even a week ago, I would have said, well, you know, I don't pay attention to those people. It's not my problem, not my fault. But I'm complicit if I, if I, if I do this. Like, this, mm. is, this is on me. If I mm-hmm. do this, and it shouldn't take half of America burning down for me to realize this, but it did. It's been a really uncomfortable thing to watch. As an American, you grow up being told that America is the best country in the world. And I think you and I have talked about this certainly privately, if not publicly, but the American perspective, while in so many ways, I think is great or at the very least well-meaning I'm getting deeply uncomfortable with it with each passing year that I'm around. And, you know, you're grown up being told America is the best country in the world. We are the most free. We are the best. And then you see that there are people dying. We're over 100,000 Americans that are dead from coronavirus. That's not okay. We have dear family friends. The mom, the wife, um, is a nurse. And she had personal protective equipment of some modicum of personal protective equipment and she, as she was doing her job and she brought home she got sick she brought home COVID 19 and and she gave it to her entire family and she tried her best to quarantine in her room for like two days straight never leaving her bedroom her poor husband who was a teacher trying to teach his uh, you know high school kids and at the same time as keeping track of their three children all under five years old like that shouldn't this this shouldn't happen. This shouldn't happen in America. America's better than this, isn't it? Isn't it? Right? And then I'm watching after that, so that was a few weeks ago that this happened to our family friends. And then I'm seeing these protests, maybe riots, maybe protests from an entire group of Americans that are saying and have been saying for hundreds of years, "We are here and don't ignore us. We are here and treat us like you treat everyone else." And um Watching last night, as we record this, as I have so many colorful, colorful adjectives, I'm trying not to use, as the individual that has been elected the president of this country decides to spray, have his, you know, police or have the national police spray tear gas uh, at protesters and clear the streets. So this orangutan can walk down the streets and do a photo op with a Bible that looks like it's burning his hand off. This is not okay. This is not okay. And this is not the country I thought I lived in. Now, one could argue, and you would be right, that I have been ignorant for 37 of my 38 years. And this is the country I grew up in. I just didn't want to see it. And that's that's true. But for the first time in my 38 years, I'm looking around and wondering, is this the end? Because everyone, it seems, has a vested interest in things just kind of keeping on in the good ways and the bad ways. But I'm looking around at these protests, maybe riots, that are nationwide. I'm looking around at what's happening across the globe and seeing these protests happening across the globe in solidarity for the bullcrap that's happening in my stupid country. And I'm really wondering, is this the end? I'm hearing our president effectively declare martial law. The American president effectively declaring martial law.
1: The American dictator you've got, right?
0: Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, is this the end? Has it already been ending? And I just don't know it. Um, I mean, in, in the discord, someone said it very much feels like Rome is burning right now. Yeah, it does. And in some cases, it literally is. And I'm really honestly wondering... If I'm going to have a country in a year, in a few months, I've gone from January, from January. I have gone from everything's peachy to holy crap. I hope my family doesn't get sick to holy crap. Not only do I hope my family doesn't get sick, but I hope my son can have kindergarten. Like, will there be schools at this fall? To holy crap, my country is effectively under martial law, and I am deeply scared that come November there won't be an election. And I'm almost more scared that there is, if there is an election, that will elect the same orangutan, the same dictator. How is this America? This is the greatest country in the world, right? Right, right? How is America falling apart all around me? And also, how the f are people okay with this? Like, I know a lot of people who have said in so many words, you know, in in one way or another, that this is not Trump's fault, this is everyone else's fault. Like, I can't wait to vote for Trump again in November. How is that okay? How can you see what's going on around you and think that's okay?
1: Let's just unpack that a little, right? All right. Let's say it's not his fault. I believe it is. But let's say it's not, right? Let's say this happened because of some bad eggs in the police department, right? Let's say that's the case. As we're recording, like yesterday, you, you know, you're talking, as you say, right, like he's given that that speech about how he's like a peace president and the, he believes in protest and believes in justice. But then has his, I don't even know what they are, like secret police, what are these people? Like the federal the federal police or something? I don't understand why there's so many different police forces. I think <laughs>
0: tell me about it
1: tell me about it i think it's
0: the it's the federal like federal level police force but i'm not even sure to be honest
1: then he's having them push these protesters out of the way tear gas them so he can walk what is that you know but at the same time like we've seen it the guy is is he's inciting this now this this aggression You know, like, what was the line that that Twitter, like, cracked him down on? Like, when the looting starts, the shooting starts? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, all (laughs) that kind of stuff. It's just like, you know what you're doing. It was the same thing that you did a few weeks ago when you wanted to get the protests out for coronavirus in states in the South. Those protests, which, by the way, whilst people were armed to the gills, no one was being pushed around. Right? Yep. Like, the reopening protests. Yep.
0: Well, they're white. It's okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, like, we've seen it. Those protests were actually a lot smaller than was being made out. But nevertheless, if there was a protest of 30 people with arm, like, black people with guns, oh boy, would it end differently. hmm Right? And I think at this point, we can see that is the case. Like, I don't know how you can look at what is happening and not see that this is the case. You know, like I'm seeing you know, you see pictures of police with their badges taped over, so you can't get their numbers, so they won't show on social media when pictures are taken of them. That's premeditated.
0: Yeah, that's a really good word for it. That's a really good word for it, and I agree.
1: They are going out knowing that they will probably do things that are gonna get them in trouble, so they don't want their badge numbers to be visible. Now why would you do that? Why would you cover your badge number? Which I believe is illegal. Why would you do that? Or the the reports of uh, oh, we forgot to turn our cameras on. Oh, shucks. Our body cams. What, whoopsies. Why? Why would you do that? If you're not going to do something bad, why would you try and hide it beforehand? Yeah. I bet
0: they didn't forget to put bullets in their guns or put, in, put their pepper spray on their belt.
1: Yeah. Or to take their pepper spray or their shields or their armored vehicles. Yeah.
0: It's just... It's so... It's so bananas. And I, to answer your question, I, I do to some degree understand how you come to this conclusion. And there are people that I'm very close with where they their only source of news is Fox News. And it's been a long time since I've watched any news in the morning, but it used to be up until around the time I stopped going to jobby jobs, uh, it used to be that I would watch CNN headline news, which I personally perceive as slightly liberal leaning, but not particularly egregious at all. And I know there's charts that map all this out and I, I might be lying to myself and to you, but I think it's relatively centrist all told. But every Wednesday morning, because I hated myself and also because I wanted to understand these people, I would put on Fox News and I would put on Fox and Friends. And it is absolutely accurate to call it propaganda. It is absolutely infuriating to watch as a person who actually pays attention to what's going on in the world but it's also enlightening because fox news which last i heard was the most watched food uh, news program in the country all they do is talk about how mainstream media let me remind you this is fox news the most popular news pro- program in the country channel in the country which in of itself is indicative of a world of problems but leave that aside the most popular news outfit is saying, "Oh, mainstream media is telling you wrong. We are the ones who tell you the real deal." Mainstream media is telling you wrong, and if this is all you're pumping into yourself, anytime you're looking watching the news, how do you not start to believe it? It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it excusable. It doesn't make it okay. But I can under—I do see the thread line through. Th- you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I guess it's in the same way that like I have been seeing what's been happening. And I can't help but believe what I believe. Yeah. Now I believe that I am seeing a more accurate version of what is occurring. Agreed. But it is—it's changing my opinions. It's riling me up. So if you are being told that it's that that it's all that everything's fine and that this is what should happen, then you're going to believe that. But this is why you know I query that people should. Always be doing what I mentioned before, which is finding agency in your life, looking around, and making up your own mind. Yep. No one should tell you how to think. You know, I am trying to tell you what I believe. You don't have to believe what I believe, but take in what I'm saying, think about it, and then compare it to other sources. Right. That's what I do. Right. Like I see the things that I see on social media, but then I also cross-reference it with news reports, and come to some kind of consensus like i approach things with skepticism right i i try and keep an open mind but i want to be critical of what i'm seeing Mm -hmm. you know because and i feel like that is the only way that you can try and build your own understanding of the world you listen to what people have to say to you you try and disseminate what they're saying and understand what they're saying but then also like think well okay i have some questions how can i try and get those answers you know, like you try and take in sources and make up your own mind.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that, I mean, that's part of the reason why I did, for a very loose definition of the term, enjoy watching Fox was because I got a better understanding of the utter crap that is being fed to so much of the country. But it's hard because I know that there are genuinely intelligent people that watch Fox News. Some of these people that I'm speaking of that are that I'm very close with are very, very bright people. But they don't have the wherewithal to realize they're only seeing one side of the story. And so maybe they're not so bright after all, but be that as it may, um, they don't they don't take the time, like you said, Mike, to look around. And I'm not recommending you listen to Alex Jones. God help me. Uh, Makes me kind of uncomfortable that that man has a microphone. But I think that there's a there's somewhere between, you know, if, if you only ever watch MSNBC or listen to, you know, the super liberal stuff. I don't think it's unreasonable to seek out something that's a little more conservative and you don't have to agree with it, but I do think it helps you better understand those who you can't really understand. I don't know. I, I feel like we should take a break, but um, I'm looking through the the copious notes you put for the two of us in the show notes. And I want to come back to something you said earlier, because I don't think I emphatically enough said, heck Yeah. And you had written and said earlier, you had written in the show notes, you know, there there are many differing points of view on racial equality, but I will accept no differing points of view on this topic. You said that earlier. I'm looking at it in the show notes and I want to say it as well. There are no differing points of view that I will accept. Everyone should be equal. Women should be equal to men. Men should be equal to women. Those who don't identify as man or woman should be equal to those who do. Everyone, every human being should be equal. And it doesn't matter what color, race, creed, gender, whatever, everyone should be equal. And you said this before, Mike, and I just really want to say it again before we take a little break, because I think it's that important that I don't personally, and I speak for Mike in saying this as well, we don't accept any different points of view on this topic. And if you have a differing point of view, I don't want to know it because you are wrong. So let's talk about something that's really awesome these
1: days. Oh, okay. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom. Do you have a website? Do you have a shopping cart registration form or contact us page? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need Pingdom. Nobody wants their critical website transactions to fail. This means a bad experience for your users and could mean lost business for you. But the good news is you can set up transaction monitoring with Pingdom. Transaction monitoring will alert you when your cart checkout forms and login pages fail before they can affect your customer's and business. Pingdom will let you know the moment that any of these fail and whatever is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who you're alerted. So depending on the severity of the outage, the right person can be there to fix it. Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible and if disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know. It's super easy to get started. Go to pingdom.com relayfm right now for a 14 day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code analog at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first Voice. Our thanks to Kingdom from Winds for their support of this show and Relay FM. So it breaks my heart to see these protests, not just because of the sickening actions that I'm seeing from police, not because of the violence, but the real reason, not, not the real, one of the big reasons why I find this whole thing so upsetting is because we're in a pandemic right now and we can't forget that. There is a highly contagious virus that is ripping through the world, but there are so many people who feel so strongly about the way that they are treated, that they are going out in the streets to protest, that they're putting their lives at risk in multiple ways, right? Like I want people to try their very best to stay safe in every way that they can, right? With Social distancing and stuff like that. But I, you know, I have to support the choice that so many people are making right now to show how they feel. Like, and for me, it has added weight because of the situation, right? They know that by going out into the streets, they're putting themselves at risk from police and and stuff like, or, or others, right? Causing harm to them. And they're also going out into the streets knowing that they could contract a virus, in various meanings of the word, an incredible thing. Like it is an unbelievable situation. It's it's wild to me.
0: I don't know that I would have the fortitude to go and join a protest, um, particularly because I have two small people that are relying on me to provide for them. Now, maybe that's, I think that is selfish, actually. Maybe that's wrong. Because, you know, a lot of the people that are protesting also have children, also relying on them, and they don't have the luxury to just sit back and watch it happen. Um, and that's why, you know, Mike and I are trying to do what we think we can do in order to help out and and do the right thing. Um, but I, I definitely earlier today and yesterday have thought for the first time, I think, in my life, should I be going down there and protesting? Should I be doing something? Should I... I don't know, bring a camera and just document it. Should I do something? And I didn't really reach a conclusion and I still kind of haven't. But it is unbelievable the the amount of energy, of time, of effort, of money that these people that are that are protesting are are putting toward this cause. I mean, you could like you said, Mike, it could literally kill them. It could kill them because of the police, who seem extremely trigger happy. It could kill them because of the coronavirus, which is extremely viral and in many cases deadly. It's unbelievable to me that so many people are so willing to do something unselfish, even if even if it ends up working out well for them. I still view it as a very unselfish act, and I I have extremely complicated feelings about the stealing of merchandise from stores and things of that nature. I don't know what I really think about that. um, But I have extremely simple feelings about the protests and about the fact that what we are seeing is wrong and has been wrong for 200, 300 years now, and it needs to be fixed. And I don't think that we, that, that, we the common folk have gotten the government's attention until now and it's also been funny to me hearing some people say this isn't how you protest this isn't how you accomplish what you want and i wasn't this wasn't an original thought uh there were plenty of memes going around about this but it was extremely striking because one of the things that i saw was people saying well When Colin Kaepernick, the quarterback, was kneeling, was taking a knee during the National Anthem, that's all he did. He took a knee during the National Anthem, and the country lost its mind about it. Lost its mind. How dare you? How dare you disrespect the flag? How dare you disrespect the troops? How dare you, Colin Kaepernick? How dare you protest that way? Find a different way to protest. Well, not he personally, but people have found a different way to protest so here you go yep right is this okay is this work for yeah. you are you happy now it's unbelievable because i remember having conversations with these these people that i'm very close with that watch fox news nonstop, talking about how dare this man who makes millions of dollars how dare he take a knee how disrespectful how dare this man do that and i just thought what do you mean like no of course he is That's how, what, what better way is there to protest? Like this is the least violent, most subtle, most respectful protest I can think of. And all of these people got all up in arms about it and, you know, it didn't work.
1: It didn't work. Because Casey, they don't care about the way he protested. (laughs) They care because he's black. Yep. Absolutely. Right. And I'm sorry if I'm saying things about relatives, but like, that's what it is. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I also just want to say that, like, I know that we're using a lot of general terms and, like, talking about police. Like, of course there are good police officers, right? Like, of course there are. I don't doubt that by any stretch of the imagination, right? But I think that the thing that you have to think about when, like, if you talk to black people, they will tell you that if they get pulled over by a police officer, they are terrified. Now, if that's the case, then clearly there's something wrong because the police should be helping. They should be seen as a force for good. They shouldn't be a force for fear unless you've done something wrong, right? Yep. You should only fear the police if you have done something wrong, if you have something to fear them over because they're going to catch you and put you in prison, right? So if you are a police officer and you'd say to me, but Mike, I'm a police officer. How could you make these general terms? It's like, well, Then you must understand, right, that you are there to do good. So if people are inherently scared of you because of the uniform that you wear, that there are many individuals inside of the organization that you work for that are not doing the right thing.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And coincidentally, so we were speaking about Sam, my friend who lives in Wales now, and I have another friend, let's call him Mark. And we all went to high school together and Mark and I don't keep up that terribly much, but he is a police officer and I had some very enlightening and interesting and also semi-uncomfortable conversations with him several years ago about just gun owner gun ownership in general. And I think it's, you know, to his defense, it's a, it's a very complicated subject when your job is literally to carry a gun or at least here in America it is. But, I have wanted to reach out to him and ask him like, are you okay? Because I mean, whether or not it's deserved, police are getting vilified right now. I think it's deserved, but be that as it may. um, But I'm scared. I'm scared to engage because I don't know where that's going to end up. And even though I've known, uh, I've known Mark for, I don't know, 20 years, something like that. And I know he's a good man. I'm still scared because when a group of people come together, what was the line from the original men in black? Like a person is smart, but people are dumb. And I see these videos of these cops and moving as like a cloud of humans, just going from protester to protester being violent. And I don't think it's right at all, at all, at all, at all. But in the heat of the moment, people are dumb and they're going to turn to whatever they, they can to try to make themselves feel safe. Now, I am not saying the cops shouldn't feel safe. I'm not saying the cops are unsafe. Like, I don't, I don't their, their lives in my mind are not particularly in danger at all. It's everyone else's that are. They could but, be. But they could be. But in, in in a herd like that.
1: I mean, it's incredibly unlikely because of how armored they are, but nevertheless, true. right? Like, Also true. And, you know, and if, if you are uh, somebody who is if it, like trying to do the best, like, Going into a situation like that is terrifying, right? Like, you don't know what's going to happen, the things that you might have to see. But yes, I, I I agree with what you're saying. But like, I think it's just worth pointing out that like they can be nervous, but clearly the the real threat is not towards them.
0: Yeah, well put. Very, very well put. Very well put. And so I, I've been scared to talk to Mark about it because I just I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking to get from that conversation either, but. It's just, I know there are good cops. I know it. I believe it in my heart. But, you know, as somebody said in the chat a minute ago, and it's already scrolled past, and as people have been saying a lot lately, and as I've been thinking about myself a lot lately, you know, where have I been going wrong in this department? Like, for example, by patronizing the field day of the past, you know, if you don't say anything, you're complicit, my friend. Like, if you don't stop it, you're part of it. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that to to Mike. I'm saying it to me. I'm saying it to Mark. I'm saying it to everyone. Like, if you see it happening, and you just say, "Yeah, yeah, well, that's a problem. That 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 stuff don't fly no more. It really never should have, but it really doesn't fly now." And mm. and I don't I don't know. Like, even let's say Mark is a perfectly, you know, a, a, as perfect a cop as one can be. What is, has he always stopped his coworkers? His you know police officer coworkers and friends from doing things that he thought was wrong maybe not i don't know so whew, it's just it's awful and 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 it it makes me deeply sad that this is the country in which i live and it makes me deeply sad you know it 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 it, it, it really st- struck home uh yesterday i was talking to my friend sam from who is in wales he's american but he's in wales and has been for like a decade and i was thinking about how i used to always joke with him when he coming back home when he come back home now granted again his wife is welsh um and he has two kids now but i keep joking when he coming home he come back to america and he would entertain it in the past be like oh, i don't know maybe a couple of years we'll see what happens um, and especially around, you know, when Brexit was really getting hot and heavy, you know, he would, those, those discussions were being entertained more seriously of coming back to America. And now he'd be nuts. He'd be nuts. I don't know why he would. He, it would be, it would be absolutely the, a terrible decision for him to come back to America. And that makes me really sad.
1: But you know what doesn't make me sad, Mike? Oh, you got to stop with the transitions today. <laughs> so bad. Like, yeah, so we have bad. to do them. Uh, uh. Uh, so yeah, this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace to so let you easily create a website for your next idea or project. You can register a unique domain name, customize award-winning templates, and so much more no matter what type of website you want to make, Squarespace have the tools to help you do it. Whether you want to have a blog, a portfolio, site for your business, site for an event, an online store, they have all of the functionality and so much more and it's super easy for you to enable and disable what you need, customize what you need, and it will all look absolutely fantastic. It's an all-in-one platform. There's nothing to install or patch or upgrade. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace, have got you covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support. So if you need any help, Squarespace have people on hand to give you assistance their templates are really great they look super professional and they also allow you to tweak them too so you can start with something that looks fantastic and then tweak it to make it your own you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com analog and their plans start at just 12 dollars a month when you sign up but you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show you support for this show by using the code ANALOG at checkout. That is squarespace.com slash ANALOG and the code ANALOG for 10% off your first purchase. But don't forget, just by going to squarespace.com slash ANALOG, you can get a free trial as well. Our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. This is a very American-focused thing right now because it's happening in America, but obviously racism is not uh, just an American affliction.
0: We're really good at it, though. Really good at it. Uh,
1: but also, Neva is uh, excessive police force, and the consequences of that in 2011, uh, from August 6th to August 11th, were the London riots. Um, wikipedia brands this as the 2011 england riots and there was some issues outside of 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 london you know it happened in manchester and liverpool but it started and was mostly focused around london because of something that happened in london now this was because uh a man by the name mark duggan was shot dead by police under suspicious circumstances I remember this happening at the time, and I read a bunch today, and unfortunately, there aren't really a lot of uh, rulings about this, about what actually happened. There was a gun involved, but it seems like there may have been some kind of way that this was put on him. Uh, Nevertheless, the police officers in question did not act as they should have. There were assumptions that were made about Mark Duggan carrying a firearm that appeared to be wrong, but he was shot and killed. And so, like that might sound strange to you because you'll say, "Mike, but your police officers don't have guns." (laughs) Our typical police officers do not have guns, but for some reason, uh, Mark Duggan was being looked into by a task force, and I think it was like a gang violence-related thing um, that they would believe that he was involved or was connected to. And again, I'm not saying like any of these things are true, but just based on what I've been able to read about, right? Um so when he was about to be when they were going to arrest him or they were going to apprehend him, it was considered that there potentially firearms would be involved, so we had armed police, we have armed police and an armed police unit was dispatched to the scene. So Our police officers don't have guns, which is the right thing to do, but our police force has guns in the force to combat in situations where guns may be around, right? Does that make sense? Yep, yep, yep. So he was shot. There was outrage surrounding this because as more information came out, things became less understanding, right? Um, And it was like, well, I don't understand why this guy was killed. He didn't seem to have a gun. It seemed like a gun was planted on him. It seemed like the information was wrong. And there was outrage because there started to be vigils and the vigils turned violent because of of, of like uh, skirmishes between police and protesters or like people just at vigils, vigils, right? Like a a candlelight vigil for him that there was some violence that broke out. The outrage grew and this led to big protests and riots in London. You know, similar kind of things that you're seeing, right? Like smashed up streets, fires, you know, like it was it was bad. And then there was similar stuff, right? Very similar emotions surrounding it. There were also people that weren't acting appropriately. There were people that were acting appropriately, you know, and it, very similar stuff. Uh, it lasted for four to five days. The police ruled ultimately for this, that they acted appropriately, but the officer that fired the uh, fired on and was removed from firearms duty uh, an inquest of a jury ruled that it was a lawful killing but there have been many appeals about this the case was actually reopened uh, in December 2019 so that's kind oh, of wow. where it where it led to um and the riots were aggressive they were violent police action was tough like i remember i don't i don't remember if that actually happened but there were like there was the possibility of like water cannons being brought in and wikipedia tells me that deterrents like rubber bullets were considered but not used so that's a, a difference maker i guess i didn't really understand a lot of this then um i was very much affected by it. i worked in a part of london that was shut down it was actually one of the epicenters for violence and for uh, rioting uh but i was actually on vacation <laughs> that week <laughs> So I was detached from it, but knew what was going on. And I don't remember how I felt about it then, but I know I didn't understand it then the way that I understand it now. This is 10 years ago. You know, I've grown up a lot since then. I've seen a lot more of the world. I've interacted with more and more people. And I can see that it was a similar thing, right? Like there is excessive force exhibited amongst people of color in this country. Like there is there, at least, but for what I can see... It seems to be worse in America, partly because of the fact that that excessive force can end up in killings quite a lot, whether it's through excessive force, like what happened to George Floyd or through killings, through the fact that the police are armed, right? Guns and that kind of stuff. So, so yeah.
0: Yeah. And the tough thing about it is like, how do you fix it? Right. Like, mm-hmm. cause The people who have all the firearms are the police force. And not to say I'm advocating like harming them, but a gun is a pretty, pretty good way to stop a conversation, you know, like even just holding one is a pretty good way to stop conversation. And it doesn't appear as though our elected officials have much of a vested interest in stopping this and making it better. And I say that even of you know the Democrats, I, I feel like they're basically saying tis tisk, don't do that. That's about it. Like tis tisk, shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, I mean you're right that it, this all stinks, but tis tis tisk, don't do that. And that's not a fix. And God knows that Trump is a warmonger, despite all of his claims to the to the opposite, as you were saying earlier. So what's the how do you fix this? How, who do the police answer to? is I guess what I'm asking in a roundabout way. Who do they answer to? I mean, ostensibly, they answer to the government, but if the government is the one pouring gas on the fire, then who do they answer to? How do you fix it? What gets better? The funny thing about it is, so I have a a handful of, of close friends um, who are very enthusiastically interested in firearms, both as as collectors for, for ostensibly the purposes of protecting their family, even though I would argue they really have no need for it for that. But some of these friends have, you know, a lot of guns, like an uncomfortable amount of guns and they're, they're very, uh, respectful is the best word I can think of. They're very safe with them, but it's still, it's a lot more guns than any one person, much less family should have. And not these individuals in particular, but that gets me thinking like when I, get into a, a spat with a with a gun enthusiast on the computer, you know, on Twitter or something like that. Oftentimes one of the things they say is, you know, we need to have our we need to be armed to protect ourselves against a tyrannical government. We need to be armed to protect ourselves in case the government goes off the rails. I am not saying that anyone should be using a firearm for any reason right now. Let me be absolutely clear. I am not saying that, not one bit. I'm not trying to imply it, not a bit. But I can't help but wonder all these gun gun people with their guns that are prepared to take arms to overthrow the tyrannical government. What are they going to be doing right now? Because that scares the out of me. Because this government's looking pretty tyrannical right now. Now, granted, it's the same government that is that is by and large uh, worked to protect their quote unquote right to carry arms, to bear arms. But. Are they going to put their money where their mouth is? I'm not comfortable with that at all. And I'm really freaking scared. I don't know. How does it get better?
1: I don't know, man. I don't see it happening at any time soon. I
0: don't either. Like come November, let's assume we even have an election. Let's assume it's not a sham election, which I think odds are better than half that it will be a sham election. I'm not even confident. We'll vote him out. I'm not confident we'll vote him out because so many people I know are thinking that he's the victim here, which if there's anything Trump is good at, it's playing the victim. There's so many people I know that are deeply disturbed by Joe Biden and for many valid reasons. How does it get better? What do you do? And even if you vote out one man, and I mean, with that one man comes a lot of the cabinet, but it's not like you're voting out the entire government. Congress is absolutely complicit, if not worse. So what do you do? How does this get better? And that's in the same way I think I said last episode. Um, one of the things that scares me about coronavirus is, you know, the country, the Amer- America is ostensibly starting to open back up, but nothing has appreciably changed since March. So we're just opening up because we just decided, eh, we've had enough. And That scares me. And I think of Declan in school in September, and I don't see how that's going to work. And that scares me because I don't see an end in sight. And now I've got two new, <laughs> and I've got something else to worry about now. I don't see how this is going to get better. And I worry for me, but more than anything else, I worry for my friends that are way more directly affected by this. And my heart absolutely breaks for them because I don't know how this is going to get better. I just don't. What else going on? Mike?
1: (laughs) I have some other stuff that I want to talk about that's somewhat related. Okay. But I don't, I think we've probably run this one into the ground now. I think so. All right, so this episode is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. Text Expander lets you use abbreviations to expand simple things like a phone number or an address. Text Expander updates your snippets on all your devices so you can use them when you work in the office or at home. And you can make your snippets more powerful with fill ins, pop ups, and more. So your messages are customized instead of just boilerplate text. And it's available for companies too. So you can manage and share your snippets for your teams and departments. I use this extensively here at Relay FM. We have a number of us that share some snippets of when we're talking to companies that we work with, we can all use some other language. We even have them for like expanding show names and stuff like that, right? Because it can be quite, it would be laborious to write all the names out all the time. So we have like little sh- snippets that we share that can expand all of that stuff too. And when we have uh, snippets for sending out emails, we have them with fill in fields so we can customize of information, whether it's through typing in someone's name or selecting some stuff from a drop-down. It's really awesome. If you want to learn more about TextExpander, they do webinars every month. So you can sign up for the TextExpander Beginner, Advanced, and Team webinars to learn more about boosting your productivity. You can find those at TextExpander.com slash webinar. TextExpander is available for Mac OS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad, and analog listeners can get 20% of their first year. Just go to TextExpander.com slash podcast to learn more about TextExpander and check it out now to see how your productivity could improve. com slash podcast. Our thanks to Tex Expander from Smile for their support of this show and relay FM. So what else are you thinking about? So a while ago I had lunch with a friend and they were giving me some feedback about like Yeah, you know, so what do you do to help people? Right? What are you, what are you doing to help non white men get into podcasting. Yeah. And it was a good conversation, a frank conversation, which I appreciated uh, and left me thinking. It's like, I don't I don't know. Um, I, I, You know, I, I can try and I didn't really have a good answer for it. You know, like we do everything we can here at Real FM to try and find balance where possible. And we do and we try to help find new voices and we try to help bring on new people, but I didn't have a good answer for like what I'm actively doing every day. Me, personally. Not Real AFM me. And so I've been working on like an like an idea of a way that I can try and change this, but I didn't have a, a good path for it to, to say like, oh, I've worked out how I'm going to do this. And then when coronavirus hit, I had to put this idea on the back burner because I had a lot going on. Like, I'm crazy busy right now that, you know, running a business during this time is wild, right? Like, it's a <laughs> roller coaster ride. But now I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, well, boo hoo you, you gotta do something, right? Because it's like I'm seeing a lot of people a lot of companies saying like we're going to do something you know we're going to show what this means to us and i don't know what they're going to do and like i'm i'm keen to see what people will do so i want to talk about what i want to do um and the thing that i've been thinking about is mentorship so i want to create some kind of mentoring program for people who identify in a minority group. So basically what I'm thinking is non-white cisgender men, right? So no white, not non-white, it's difficult to explain this. If you are a white straight man, that's not what I'm looking for here, right? Because you are overrepresented in podcasting, especially in the type of shows that I make, the things that I actually know about. So I'm looking to try and help out people who are in underrepresented groups of the types of shows that I make, right? But the problem that I've had in getting this started is how do you create an application that's exclusive with inclusivity, (laughs) <laughs> right. i want to be inclusive but have to be exclusive like i and that's like i've really been struggling of like if i was going to write this down put it out into the world i don't know how to even get started and i know i i, I work with a lot of people that are much better at this type of stuff than me and it's been on my mind to to start talking to people about it But now I'm kind of at the case of just like, "Ah, forget it. I'm just going to talk about it because the problem may be solved by me talking about this because I may hear from people and I'm done, you know, like I don't need to ever have published this on the internet and ask for an application and fill out the form because people may hear this show and be like, I want to make a podcast. I would love some guidance. I will contact Mike, right? Like, and so it's like maybe I don't need to start this formally. Like, if I just start talking about it, maybe I'll hear from people, and that will be great. Because really, like, I think that the people that I can most help are people that already listen to these shows. Because I don't know if I can help really help someone who wants to make like a narrative-driven podcast because that's not what i know i know the podcast business but i feel like i can most help with people that want to make shows like mine you know like what this isn't is an application to join relay fm right That that's not what this is because i don't think that everybody should want to be a part of relay fm like people should want to make shows on their own like what this is is I can give you some advice and some guidance to try and help you get started if you are struggling to get started. And why would I do this? Well, because if I do this, I am helping more people with underrepresented voices get their voices and opinions out into the world. And that's also going to help me because it's going to help open my mind to different things and to new types of people than the people that I typically work with and am and surrounded by. So, if you hear this and think to yourself, that's me, whether you have a podcast already or you want to get one started, either contact me in the Relay FM members Discord if you're there, or email me to mike at relay.fm. And let's see if I can try and get this thing started. Like, this is like the grassroots of it because it might help me understand what more to do. What I'm expecting is like, you know, if I was going to say, like, what am I offering? Probably a monthly Zoom call with a group of people that would be in this mentorship program so we can have a group conversation. Cause I think that will help everyone more, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if, cause it will also help anybody that wants to do this, look, make connections with the other people that are in a similar boat and, you know, like a rising tide list or ships type thing. So it's like, do I have the time in my life to create a new thing? No. Does it matter? No. <laughs> because if I want to put my money where my mouth is, other than donate money, which is another thing that I've done, but that's neither here nor there. What can I offer? Well, this is what I can offer. Like what I can offer to the world is my voice and my knowledge. Cause these are two things that I have and they're free for me to give. So I've done both of those things today. You've got my voice and my opinions and now you can have my knowledge too.
0: Yeah. I don't, no, if it's uh, appropriate for me to to participate in this, I don't know if you'd rather it just be you. But to the extent that you are willing to have me participate, and to the extent that I can participate, I'm happy to do so.
1: Well, but maybe I start this thing, and then I have guest people come and yeah. talk each month or whatever, right? But like the point is, that I just do this thing, and I'm help the. I have this group of people, and I try and help them out, and that's that, right? Like. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what else I can do, but this feels like a start. So basically, if you are not someone who's like me (laughs) and you want to start a podcast or you have a podcast and you need some help, you need some guidance, you want some advice, contact me and we'll see if we can start getting this thing going. If no one contacts me, I'm not going to take it as, oh, well, no one cares. If you are listening to this, and think that you can help me create something that I can put on the internet publicly, also contact me, right? Because I don't know how to do this. I have people that I can talk to, but if you feel like you can also help with that, then also let me know. So that's kind of where I am with that one, Casey. Again, this is something I've been sitting on for a while. And as I was preparing the show document today, I was like, you know what? If I want to advocate for people to actually do something instead of just say something, well, I can do this. Yeah, I love it. I really do.
0: So this has been a tough episode for the two of us, and and probably um, for for you to listen to. But I think it's important. I think it's valuable. Well, maybe not our particular thoughts, but in general, talking about this stuff is uh, valuable. And I encourage you to the best that you can. Support these causes as much and as and as and as strongly as you possibly can. Be that time.
1: We'll have some links in the show notes.
0: Yeah, we'll have, we'll we'll put links in. Be that money. Be that time. Be that just asking. You know, look look to the center of the circle that we were talking about earlier. The people who are most afflicted, and ask, "Hey, are you okay? What can I do?" Even that, I think, can help. And you know, it, it's very cliche, and. I don't really like allowing myself to have a positive thought these days because everything is so darn depressing, but something else I've been thinking about a lot is I feel like America had been on, and perhaps the world had been on kind of a, a, a very slow but negative trajectory. Like mm. things aren't actively or weren't actively bad, but they were certainly not getting better. And I don't want to necessarily speak for the UK, although I think it's probably applicable there too, But things have taken a real crappy turn over the last few months. Mm -hmm. And occasionally when I'm allowing myself to be a little more optimistic, I think, what if it's that we really, we Americans, we people, really needed to see how crappy everything was so we can get the fire under our butts and the burr up our butts to actually finally friggin' fix it? And what if that's what's about to happen? What if it really is darkest? Before the dawn and I don't know if that's true and I don't know if I'm right, but that's the thing that keeps me going is that hope that yeah, it's getting bad and probably will get worse, but maybe Mm -hmm. it'll be a flash in the pan. that we'll fix it rather than just have the slow, steady decline for the rest of my life. We'll see.